This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to episode number 17 of Double Tap for Thursday, the 22nd of September, 2022. It is Stephen Scott. Sean Priest is back with me as well. And today we're joined by Matt Ater from Vespero to talk all about what's new in JAWS and ZoomText 23. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, hang on a second. Hang on a second, Sean Priest, because I'm just I'm just oh. adjusting my levels here in my 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 oh. headphones. Wow, this is exciting. Behind the scenes. Hello, listeners. Yeah, what's, I'm just, what's Stephen I, doing here? Well, do you know the problem, right? I, yes. I can't hear my own voice. That's the problem, so I'm just adjusting. Oh, joy. Oh, bliss. Oh. Yeah, but you're <laughs> so, so loud. You're so loud. Oh, you're so loud, but oh. my voice sounds gorgeous. Right. Do you want me to turn my levels no. down a little bit? No, no, no. You're fine. No? Okay. Because I, know, I suppose the audience have to hear you, right? I, well, yeah, I suppose so. Kind of part of the deal, right? <laughs> Oh wow! Hi. Well, this was this was a shambles of a start. Unbelievable! Hello, mate. How are you? I'm. I love how you think that every show begins as a shambles, yeah. or it at does. least no. Actually, yeah, I'm going to clarify that. You think this show started as a shambles when, in fact, every show starts the same way <laughs> as shambles. We should just call this double tap shambles. There you go. Problem solved. I quite like that actually. That's a good name for a dog. Shambles. It is a great I'm name for a dog. That one. It That's is a brilliant. Like, name. You don't find dogs called, you know. Alan or Ken, do you? You know what I mean? Trevor the dog. It doesn't happen. It's always, you know, oodles, doodles, noodles, or shambles, obviously. Oodles, doodles, noodles, or shambles. <laughs> you know that is you know that's the show title right there. That is that is that is gonna draw them in. I am using that as a show title today. That is brilliant. I love that. Oodles, noodles, doodles and shambles, and Matt Vis- Matt Eater from Vespero. <laughs> God bless you, Matt. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, yes. We've got Matt coming up later. He's going to talk about the uh, the, the new stuff that's coming up in JAWS and ZoomText 20, 2023. 23. Can you, I old. mean, 2023 is ridiculous, right? I still remember Jules, oh, what was it? I don't know. Eight, seven, something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's crazy. You mean the one that um, <clears throat> some people might have had? Someone might have found yeah, down the back the of a old, sofa somewhere. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, that one. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. No. No, good. Um, right. Neither do I. So <laughs> no, I, I do remember though, Jaws, I think it was at 16 or 17 was the one I had for so long on my work computer because, you know, in, in IT departments around the country, and I'm sure it's this case around the world as well, you, you don't often get the latest version of things uh, for whatever no. reason, you know. I think these days it's a bit better than it used to be, but there was a time. It. Yeah, but also, you know, IT departments, they if you work in a company that doesn't, it's not, you know, like a, an organisation that's about visual impairment or, you know, it's, it's just like a standard company. Oh, no, that's right. They yeah, don't have a yeah. clue. I see what you say. Yeah, no, that's right. Why would you want the latest version? You've got it. Yeah, you've got it on your computer. Yeah, yeah I know that. But, you know, every time they update the computer, <laughs> obviously you really do need to get the update to go with it. So, and you know, yep. it's interesting because JAWS is the only one. I mean, if you're on one of those home annual plans, which now thankfully does exist in Canada as well as the US, it doesn't exist here in the UK. But, but there is a way around it in the UK, which is if you get uh, well, we, we we broke this story on our on our podcast. Remember, we talked about this. this. Seems like a very shady episode today. We're talking about you know Jaws and 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 now trying to get round the geofencing of uh, no, subscription. I'm not, I'm not around anything. No, I don't like it. I, I will I will play no part in it. Yeah, good because that's not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not even talking about that. You've just opened the door to the geofencing idea. I didn't open that gate at all. No, the no, geo, my geofence is closed. No. I'm glad to hear it. It's <laughs> good for all of us. Sorry, the home annual subscription plan. Such a yes. bunch of teenagers in here. Right. Um, Carry on. He said geofence. Hmm, shut the door. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think I've been watching too much British television recently. I've got so much kind of going on in my head at the moment. It's just well, ridiculous. We don't have much choice being that we are british oh yeah that's right because it's only british tv that broadcasts in britain yes it is do you remember the the national what was it national lampoon the european vacation film remember that one? Oh yeah Chevy chase and, and yeah i can't remember the woman's name who was in it 
very famous star, uh, but I can't remember. I'm hopeless with names of actors and actresses. But yes. anyway, um, Sally Shambles, I believe. Sally Shambles, yep. that's exactly Carry what on. her name was. Thank you. Uh, and the kids, um, kids Shambles. Uh, Ken, Ken the dog and... and Doodles <laughs> and Doodles and Doodles, yeah. Um, so in that film, they come to Britain, and I mean, it's a hilarious movie. And uh, Is it? Okay. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. They come to Britain and they, they turn the TV on. <laughs> The kids are going through every channel. There only are four channels at the time. And every single channel showing a show about cheese. And it just, it was so typically... <laughs> Spot on. Bang on. I mean, honestly, there was a show I put on the other day and it was like, you know, something to do with knitting needles. And I thought, this is just so... I end up watching it. That's how bad it is. Oh, of course. Like, oh, that's oh, interesting. It, it drags you in. Oh, it does. No, that's right. The Great British Bake Off. Oh, I can't get enough of it. Knowing how moist my sponge is. It's delightful. Oof. Well, uh, well, there's a anyway, euphemism. Let's, anyway, let's moving on to Jules and Matt. <laughs> Please, 2023. There are some really interesting, as there always is, right? I, 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 let I me know. finish my point. Oh, sorry. There was actually a point in amongst all that. It's like about cheese, I think it was. Geofencing. No, you were talking about geofencing, but what I was talking because I know what you're thinking. You could just set up an account in the states and you could date. But I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying because you don't need to do that in Canada, right? Because you can get the right. whole annual plan in the US. You can get the whole annual plan yes. in the UK. If you get along to one of the, and you don't even have to go along to, but if you go to one of the, the big site village exhibitions that happens every year, uh, you can usually find that's when the week of those big events happen, usually the big event in Birmingham, middle of the year, that yes. is when you'll get some big discounts on Jaws. So if you're in the UK, for example, and you want to get that kind of discount, you're not going to get the same deal as you get on the home annual plan. But the difference is you'll pay roughly the same. What you're kind of doing is paying up front. So when I, I did it, and I think I ended up paying for like three years up front. So the way it worked out cost-wise was it mm. kind of worked out the same as three years of home annual, basically. And if you just keep doing that every couple of years, then you've kind of got the deal, right? So it's not, yes, it's not the same, but it's kind of a workaround. And it is a reoccurring thing. It usually does happen, as you say, during Site Village every year. Pretty I, much, I, I yeah. Because loads of people go down there specifically for that reason, right? But you could so, say, uh, again, and just important to say this, you don't have to go to it because the organisation in the UK that deals with that is Sight and Sound Technology. That is the reseller for JAWS in the UK. Yep. Um, you can contact them during Site Village. You do not have to go to Site Village. Um, and it also it, it, it runs for past Site Village as well, doesn't it? It's, it does, it yeah. I mean, if you called August, up after they... it, they'd be like, yeah, fine, whatever. I mean, they're great, yeah. they're great guys. Um, yeah, because the price does jump. I mean, it's amazing, right? I mean, the price jumps considerably for Jaws as soon as the, that deal's over in the UK. It yep. does. I mean, everyone else is getting it for the home annual, so it's fine. But um, which is a bargain at home annual? I'm sorry, you know that the biggest criticism we've ever had against Jaws has always been the pricing plan, and um, I think it's perfectly reasonable now with that home subscription. It's just, I wish it was global everywhere but. so much easier it really is yeah. so much oh, easier absolutely. and it's yeah. got that online portal you can just go in you can you know activate a computer deactivate a computer so say you've got because you get three licenses per install and let's say you're using three computers or maybe it's you your wife maybe you've got a laptop you've got it on second and maybe for whatever reason you don't want it to be on your home desktop because you're maybe needing another computer to use it on you can just deactivate it and then reactivate it somewhere else and you don't have to re you know you don't have to pay any more money you don't have to it's just literally just click a button it's, it's really deactivated easy. on that and then reactivate it later on so yeah really really simple um cuz you went you went through that process we tried it just to, to demo out and it, it actually was so simple so so simple yeah absolutely yeah like uh, so, i yeah. got no i think it's a really good uh really good option now look before we get to matt i want to talk a little bit about because we're gonna get into all what's new in, in 2023 with jaws because some really cool new features um and i'll be interested to hear your thoughts dear listener on this because uh, you know well, how are you finding jaws these days how are you finding it I'm, I'm, i've got to say it is still the gold standard when it comes to screen readers I, I i still think it stands up i think it's because it's got that dedicated team behind it who are just constantly working on it you know voiceover on the mac doesn't get much treatment it seems or at least the team just maybe are overwhelmed with the amount of bugs and things they've got to constantly fix uh narrator is good no doubt it's a good screen reader but you know it has lesser features uh and chromevox is quite simple so it doesn't get the same amount of or it doesn't maybe need the same amount of attention so you know it kind of just does what it does but you know the whole operating system is a limitation not the screen reader that actually was quite sensible when I think about it. Um, but that's kind of it. 
that's kind of where we're at. But Jaws really is, I think, the gold standard. Um, so we're going to talk about that and we'll talk about the experience. I, I, and as I say, I've been using it on my Mac with Jaws on the, the ARM beta, uh, on Windows ARM <laughs> beta. Uh, yes. That is just incredible. I, I, can't, I, I know I keep saying it, but I cannot believe how stable this thing is. Are you still loving it? Yeah, I still no. No more. Do you know, I, I got my Surface Pro 8 out the other day. To, you know, I was telling you yesterday about the whole trying to update and all that kind of. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I just went back to the Mac. I was like, it's just easier over here. I mean, I, I don't have the update yet, but, um, you know, it was more about the experience to more about the use case. Editing audio on it. I mean, it's smooth. I will say, though, hmm. I, I'm finding my Mac Mini getting a little bit. <laughs> no, struggling. yeah, it's, it's what, the M1? yeah, the M1. Look, the again, powerful M1. <laughs> my beautiful M1. Look, I am running a lot of programs on it. Um, I'm uh-huh. asking it to do a lot. It did. It was the interesting <clears throat> thing was the other day with Final Cut. I actually think it's excuse more me. to do. Yeah, excuse you. Um, Sorry. I, th- I think that a lot of it's to do with the hard drive I've got connected. I've got one of these. Let's see. Um, it's a 32 terabyte hard drive, which is two 16 terabyte drives mirrored right and i think that might be the problem because i don't know it's just, it's just very sluggish with a lot thing. of things you I, I do it. i mean you know you've never been happy with that hard drive i would send it to me and, and buy a new one do you know what is the thing is i don't it's, it's a great backup drive but the problem is yeah. for whatever reason even when i'm not accessing files directly on it it still kicks up it just kicks into yeah. it and the problem is that you can actually like sometimes i'm doing the show here and maybe I push a button, like, for example, that one. Just this one to know you. The okay. news. Oh, yeah. I hate that one. I know yes. you do. So I press that button there. And if the hard drive has gone to sleep. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> well, that was that was nothing. But honestly, if I, if I push that button and that hard drive's sleeping, I can hear it kind of kicking up yeah, in the background. Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, it's not a working drive, come right? on. Yeah, you're it's not purely for it. archiving, yeah. It is. It really is. So I, I think I'm going to have to no. um, think my workflow a little bit here because, yeah, they're not fast yeah. enough. But that may be the issue. I don't know. But I, I was noticing yesterday um, on an edit on Final Cut that it just couldn't play back. It was just really struggling. And look, I mean, I'll tell you, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before. You remember yesterday we played in the clips of uh, Carolina Hernandez talking from Microsoft? Yes. So I edited that clip on Final Cut um, and it took the best part half an hour just to get that that program functional enough to be able to edit that snippet play it back and then export it out and that was only a minute That's long incredible right and i'm is that in 4k no well it's not, it wasn't it wasn't exporting in 4k i actually did change the settings because i realized i was exporting everything out in 4k and i'm thinking why <laughs> why am i using well, 4k yeah, but you know but there is I, there's, that but there's compression but the whole- options yeah, but the whole point is that the M1 chip was loaded up as, you know, hey, you can run eight 4K streams concurrently and scrub through them without any droppage of frames or anything like that. So the fact that you're bringing in, you're importing a, what, a one-minute clip? It's nothing really, and it's, no. And it's taking 30 minutes for it to, what, sort of <laughs> sort itself out, index it? But that's well, weird, isn't it? it? A lot of it seems to be around importing the files. So it seems to take longer to do that. The actual rendering process isn't too bad once it's completed. Because the thing about Final Cut is there's a lot of background tasks going on at the same time. And you're not always aware of them, but I am aware of them because it stops the system from running. And you you're get... there waiting. I'll be honest, the last <laughs> time I got so many notifications saying video f- uh, frames were dropped during playback was when I had a G5. So, you know, that takes me back a little bit. Uh, yeah, those there's days. something not right there because the the M1 processor is definitely able to handle that. There is another, that, that, there's that, another that, theory. A thousand times over. It must be the storage. Yeah, there is another theory, though, which I have to say I hope is not the case. Maybe the SSD is on the way out? Oh. Because that happens, yeah. you know. The SSDs don't last forever, and I have been pushing this thing for a couple of years. So, I mean, since the day I got it. that long? Been, wow. Uh, yeah, 20, as soon as that came out in 2020, I had it, so... Yeah, I mean it's it's been out for, it's been in this place for a while. Oh, shock get it away! Rid of it. I know. Get, get yeah, rid. that's it. Stephen Scott's policy: get it thrown away, shoot it, and then throw it away. Shoot it in the apple, uh, <laughs> and then get it. <laughs> or send it to me. It's fine. I don't okay. do video okay. editing. Fair enough. Uh, listen, before we uh, get to, Ma- I want to just mention uh, some updates. You have got the update now for Microsoft 
uh, update, the one that came out yesterday. And yes. you've got the new voice. I'm going to go quiet so you can play in the guy voice, because if I talk, it will all come back in myself. Oh, so I'll, I'll, play okay. it in. Right. Uh, bear with me. One second. Let's uh, open up narrator. Always prepared. Always prepared. He can live interview personal. Oh. And mm-hmm. if I move around. No chat messages. How how good does that sound? Do you want so clear? Okay, hang on. Start, Start window. window. Search. Oh, I've got NVDA going at the same time. You can live, live interview. interview. There you go. <laughs> but it, it sounds. Start search window. window. Search, search box. Window. Edit. Type search here to search. Uh, compared to the one core voice you can hear in NVDA there, I mean, it is just, it's a different league. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's just beautiful voices. I think the guy <laughs> voice was one of the voices on Microsoft Edge Read Aloud. I'm sure that's one of the voices I remember there. Uh, and it's interesting because I didn't play it in, but the, I did ask the question to Carolina Hernandez, and this was a few months back, a good few months by now, uh, when I yeah. asked her, you know, will we get these voices in narrator? And she just kind of skirted the question completely. I just wish she'd said yes, because honestly, that's kind of what's happened, right? They've, I know, but they figured why? out these See, voices. That, yeah, why? Why? What, what's the problem? And look, when you're downloading these voices, um, really easy. So after you've updated to the 22H2 update, I'm sorry, I got a frog in my throat today. Hang on. That's better. Um, after you update, you simply open up Narrator with the control windows enter, and it just tells you, hey, you can now use the natural voices. Do you want to go to settings now or do it later on? So go to settings, takes you straight to the add button, and then you just add the three. The 12 megabytes each. They are tiny. I have no idea how they do it. They sound absolutely amazing. And that's all they are, 12 meg each. 12 meg each. There must be some sort of, I don't know. I mean, if I turn my internet off, do they stop working? I haven't tried that yet. Mm, that's I, a good question. It, but 12 meg for that sort of quality. There must be something else going no, on. They won't, they, won't be, they won't be cloud voices if they're for a narrator. No, because, they can't I mean, you, be, right? you, you couldn't have a screen reader just go off when your internet goes off. That would be pointless. Mind you, it would be a good way to know your internet's off. No, that's true. My computer's yeah, not talking. Like... The internet's off. Can't do any work today. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm going home. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, look, Jenny, uh, uh, what's it called? Ara? Aria? Ar- I don't know. Aria, that's one. Aria, Jenny, and Guy. But um, honestly, the difference, it's night and day. You click the add button and um, like literally five seconds and it switches over. And it's like, wow, this it's the future. It's absolutely no, amazing. Jaws is finished. That's it. I, I take it all back. Look, open it up so we can use it in JAWS and in NVDA and even better. We we need this system-wide. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that'll come. I'm sure it'll come. Uh, listen, before we move on, let, just quickly mention voice access. Was it voice access? Oh, no, live captioning you tried. Oh, yeah, I had a quick look. So I went into Windows settings with Windows I and you go to the search and I just typed in captions. And the first recommendation, I think, was uh, live captioning. So I had a look at that. It's it's really simple. There's just simply turn it on, uh, toggle button, hit space on that, and you get a little bar, a caption bar, which floats around. Uh, And in there, you can choose where you want the caption positions to be. At the top is default, like you said yesterday, Uh, but you can change it to the bottom. Uh, Also, the style of the display, yellow on blue, white on black, Mm. or just a really large print. And you just get a caption box, really. It's as simple as that. It is just a, a box, long rectangle, taking the full width but of the screen. But you did say there was a slight issue. The slight issue is that it does pick up on everything your screen reader says. Ah. So it's constantly... It, mine was constantly saying, live caption, live caption, because I was going through the settings. So, yeah, I mean, it literally listens out to everything and just captions it all okay well we'll we'll, we'll test more on that we will definitely test more on that listen stick around stay right there matt ater is standing by he is going to join us next from vespero to talk all about jaws and zoom text 2023 send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567 you're listening to double tap this is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, let's get back into it then. And today we are joined by uh, Matt Ater from <laughs> Vespero. <laughs> now, you know what, Sean? We could uh, we could call Matt many names. In fact, I know he calls me many names on a fairly regular yes. basis. Uh, the question is, though, the right way to pronounce his name. And, you know, I often think the best way to do that is to ask. Um, except when it no. comes to Matt, you know, because, you know, 
It's Matt, yeah. right? Just run away with his name. Say it however you like. I believe it's Ater. Yeah, I thought it was Ater. Matt Ater, how do you say your name? It's Ater. It's good. Ater as in Gator. Sean was was right on. Thank you. Ater as in Gator, not as in Hater. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Not as in (laughs) Ater, or however you said it, Stephen. Trying to be posh. Ater. I said it really really fancy with... You did? Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. You should. You, you can have that. You can have that. Change for your name. <laughs> well, I don't have to change his name. It's the same name. All right, pronounce it differently then. Okay, pronounce. Yeah. That's the Scottish way, apparently. Atier. That's the okay, cheap way of doing nice. it. That's why we do it that way. <laughs> um, Matt, it's great to have you on uh, with us here on uh, Double Tap. Of course, uh, do tell us. Uh, you're here to talk all about well, uh, a lot of new features that are coming from uh, Fusion, from ZoomText, from Jaws. Uh, for us, of course, it's all about Jaws, right? We're uh, we're always interested in what's new in Jaws. How's things going at Vespero, though? I mean, how's development going? How's how's business? Things are great. Um, you know, as, as you may have heard, we've had some uh, changes in the um, leadership. Um, Eric Damry, after many years, uh, 28 years, um, has retired. And um, with that change, Ryan Jones is now the new vice president of software and uh, software management. And Ryan's a, a guy who's who's blind. Um uh, has been with the company since 2005. I think he left for a couple of years, came back. I, he worked for me on the consulting side in 2014 when I ran the consulting division and then just came back to the software division here in 2022. So it's really exciting to have a user also running the shop, which is really exciting for people who are uh, you know, blind. And, and if you were, if you're also low vision, he had vision before. So he understands the concepts, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, of course, has been there forever, right? He, his name is synonymous with the work your company does and very much has always been the case for many, many years. So yeah, I'm sure he had a good send off, Matt. I can imagine what the leading oh, we party had must a, have been like. An incredible party for him. We um, we did this during the summer shows we had uh, at the NFB, the National Federation of Blind Conference in New Orleans, of all places. And we had a nice send off for him. Along with that came with we did a we did a really cool what they call a challenge coin. Um, and this is something where, you know, as people retire, um, they get this coin and then they get to carry it around. And when they meet people at a bar, you know, they exchange coins with other people. And if you ask for a coin from him and he doesn't have one, you he has to buy you a drink. You know, it's a great, it's a great thing. I, I don't like the sound of any of this because that sounds like swapping money. <laughs> yeah, I'm but confused. The coin has zero value to it. Just to be clear, it's like oh, <laughs> oh like British money. <laughs> oh. Politics, little, little political point just chucked in there for for fun. Um, okay, Luke, let's talk about the products um, and, and let's start with Jaws because that's the one, of course, that that we are certainly right in amongst and it's something that we're using. Even Sean, even Sean here has managed to get his hands on a copy of Jaws for the first time and I don't know how long, Matt, and we've been talking about getting them on Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean, maybe tell Matt how you're getting on with Jaws. How are you getting on with it? Um, Absolutely fine. Um, Yeah, look, I've got to say, I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm still just using the tab and arrow keys. But um, I, I must say, I'm loving the... Uh, the first thing I always do is go straight to the voice profile, you know, and change the voice. And the fact that it, I didn't even know it came with the extra voices anyway, because rather uh, swimming against the tide, I hate eloquence. Um, <laughs> but it comes with those vocalizer voices anyway. Um, uh, being able to swap straight away, I really like that. Um, with my MVDA, I had to go off and buy those extra. Uh, so it was really cool. And I can't say, I'm just finding it very, very stable and reliable. Uh, as I said, I haven't really even touched the surface of the extra features that Jules may have over the competition. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. There you go, Matt. We've got a convert. It's, it's, a, it's a good start. And so I can actually start talking to him again. So that's good. The, uh... well done. thank you <laughs> yeah i must admit it's been a bit of a time getting him onto it but you know actually he does raise an interesting point here for once um and that is that 
ultimately there are so many features <laughs> to uh, JAWS and it's quite a lot to learn. And we've talked about this a lot on the show before. There are, there's so much there. But of course, there are a lot of resources that go along with that. And we'll maybe talk about that a bit later. Um, for those, though, who are um, seasoned JAWS users, uh, what can they look forward to? What can I look forward to in uh, JAWS 2023? I can't believe we're up that far, but yeah, JAWS 23. So there's a couple of things to always note is that, you know, in the new world of software development and the fact that we release six, seven times during the year, we're releasing features throughout the year. So it's not just done as a splash at one time. There's a couple of a couple of notable things that I'll mention. Um, one is JAWS on ARM or ARM. Uh, that is part of the default package. It was put out as a beta in July but it's part of the default package in um, the 2023 release. And that means that if you download it and install it on an ARM device, you don't have to actually go download it separately. That's probably, you know, exciting for lots of people, especially those on Mac who are going to go test it on Macs or people who have Surface Books. But, you know, the majority of folks aren't running ARM devices and probably the majority of people can't even afford an ARM device because they're more expensive devices. We move on to some of the other cool features. We there, you know, throughout the years, we've we've heard, you know, sometimes websites are not accessible, and and there's things on the website that aren't being pointed out to you because they, someone didn't tag it rightly for things like headings. Um, they just use font changes and things like that. So we added a really cool feature. We started back in the, um, I want to say. Uh, early on in the year in 2022 developing and it's called smart glance and what this does is it looks for things that on the page that should have been tagged as a heading or should have been tagged in some way to indicate that this was important and um, it kind of just allows you to go find those things on the page in case they're useful to you now it doesn't mean that it's correct in that you know this is less left up to you know um looking at the page, looking at the fonts, looking at the changes to see if that's relevant based on the rest of the page. And so um, sometimes there's going to be pages where you say this isn't useful and other pages it's going to be useful and you're going to have to make those choices for yourself. The next item that was added to JAWS that I thought was um, an enhancement to something we released in July is the notifications history was what we released in July. And, and now we've added the ability for people to do it in a way that um, uh, it's almost like you can pick and choose what in the notification, what you want to do. And it's for a more advanced user to do this. It's not going to be for everybody, but you know, I'll use the example when you get an email in outlook and it says that it came in, you know, you get that notification, you're working somewhere else, you know, you're working in a document, you're reading on the web, whatever it may be. And you get a notification and it says, you know, message from um, Sean, and here's the the uh, um, subject, here's the date, and maybe even the first line of the text. It's just, it's a lot of babble when all you wanted to know something very simple like message, Sean, that's it. Okay. Hmm. And you, you'll be able to do that, which I think is really powerful for um, users. Now, again, I said it's not for all users, so there may be people you need to bring on board to help you set those up if it's not something for you to easy to configure. Um, but the basic history notifications that came out in, um, or notification history, excuse me, uh, that came out in July is very easy to use for anybody. This just added some um, advanced features that people are wanting so that they could really, instead of just saying, um, if it said this, replace it with this, you can now go in and, and say, in you know this section of the of uh, the message, it said this, and I want to put this before that or after this, and and they not they may not be specific things, which is the way it was in July. Is they were specific things you're replacing. This is like open ended. It says you know replace Sean, but it doesn't mean just Sean. It could have meant Matt. So um, it's very um, powerful from that perspective. Wow, there's a, there's a lot in there, right? And I want to pick you up on, on JAWS for ARM, and we'll come to that a little, a little bit later, if you don't mind, because there's a lot to draw out from that. But I want to go back to this smart glance feature you talk about. 
And it kind of hits on something which I was reading about the other day, and I've had experience of this before. Friends of mine making websites, sighted friends, who will make a website, and instead of adding heading text, they will, you know, maybe increase the font a little bit, they'll maybe make it bold, and they'll just make that as a heading. And, you know, you're often saying to them, don't do that, make it a proper heading, make, you know, make sure you're using the, the proper markers, make, make the style guides, all of that stuff. Um, but it sounds like with Smart Glance, even if someone does do that, even if that is the case on a website, and, and God knows we've all faced that from time to time, this might be able to pick up on it, might be able to help us find what could be a heading? That's the intent. Yep. And whether it's a heading or just something that stands out, and I'll use I'll use example on the Freedom Scientific homepage. It said, you know, phone number or call at the top, and then right next to it in in red, I think it was red, I just I think someone told me, is the phone number. It wasn't a heading, but because it was it was totally different than the rest of the page. It was something that Smart Glance picked up. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is brilliant. I, w- I was on a website just the other day. I'm going to say it. it was the Elgato uh, website trying to get some software to download and, and absolutely no headings on the website. Now, I know that's not true because <laughs> I actually went through afterwards and, you know, they're, 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 it must have been doing exactly as you said, using the visual indication for headings or what's important. Um this sounds really cool. Is there any plans to extend it past just, you know, picking out the headings? Yeah, and I and officially I wouldn't say it's picking out the headings. It's it's picking out things that are different. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, you, you if something really stands out that it was bolded or it's it's double the size or and I don't know the exact measurements. I think there's some settings in there that you can adjust what you want it to look for. You know, and I and I went to a page, I went to the Major League Baseball page here in the United States and that specific page had 78 of them. And so that was a very poor use of smart glance on that one page because they determined that all the paragraph text was correct and all the writing was correct. But the one thing that wasn't correct was all the names of the teams. And they weren't headings, but they probably shouldn't have been headings. They were just names of teams. And so that's probably a a use uh, situation. Now, again, I didn't go look at the code to figure out is there some other reason why it tagged it? Maybe it should have been a link and they didn't name it a link and it was a link. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly the reason for it. It's something we're going to have to explore. And we're still in, you know, early stages where customers are going to go try it and provide us feedback and then we'll make modifications based on that. I suppose it's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's important to, to, to make it clear that isn't just heading. So it's just important information, you know, anything that's, that's visually could be the important. font is different. It could be, yeah, it could be important. I mean, you could argue that the uh, the team names is uh, important information anyway. Yeah, but when there's 32, it, they don't stand out, and that's the the problem with with using something like that for that. Yeah, I wonder though, how do you sort of lean on this? Because I get there's a lot of people, I imagine, who will say, "Are you papering over the cracks here? You know, is this something that yes, it will help." us immediately get to that information but then also does that let web developers off the hook absolutely not and this is this has been the the problem for many years that people would say well you know you can't use jaws for testing because if you use jaws for testing it's going to point out things or or help you through things well our first job is not testing our first job is to help the consumer the person the user it's not for testers now you could go turn off Smart Glance when you're testing so that you can actually, you know, get it. But maybe you actually use Smart Glance for testing to say, oh, well, this is what a user may have wanted to see. And maybe I should have tagged it. I don't know the answer to that on and whether or not to use or not use Smart Glance. But I think we need to have, you know, the industry look at it. But, you know, when we hear numbers that, you know, like 99% of web pages are still inaccessible. I forget what the number was. It mm-hmm. was something that WebAIM had put out. And when we hear that number, you want to say, well, is it my problem whether or not we're, you know, helping a user or is it my job to help a tester? Obviously, the test, the people testing aren't, you know, using a screen reader enough to figure things out or they would have caught on the fact that a user couldn't find a section of the page or they didn't understand the requirements around heading structure and things of that nature. That's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting development. Okay, so it's a smart glance coming. Um, also, let's talk about JAWS for ARM. Because look, I mean, I've been trying it on my MacBook, and um, 
I really like it. I mean, I, I often it. say, I, I do. I love it. I, You're I know obsessed. What, gets, what gets me is that, you know, Windows on a Mac is better than using Windows on a PC. There I said it again. I, I love saying yes. that just because I know Constantly. it winds up the, the Windows people. I like to annoy the Android people and I, I'm winding up the, the Windows people. Uh, and I do it all on a Mac. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and then I, I get the JAWS, well, I, I get Windows 11 for ARM. I get that running through Parallels, thanks to VOCR in the end. Thanks to Taylor Arndt uh, on YouTube for coming up with that tip. Uh, and then I get JAWS for ARM on there, and everything just works brilliantly. And I'm thinking, this is all beta, and it's all working really, really well. Uh, what's the feedback been like? Has it been as positive as, as I've been finding it? Yeah, I mean, it, there's probably little holes that you find. I mean, this is why yeah, you put it out yeah. for beta. I mean, it's you put it out to get feedback. I'm sure there's some small things that still have to be corrected, but you know, we're uh, you know, I would expect that um, as more people use it, and keep in mind that it's a small number. I mean, very small number jumping into ARM today. Yeah, um, it's not that everybody can afford the types of machines that we're talking about. Um, you can, you know, you can get a, you can get a windows computer laptop under $500 us, you know, there's no way you're going to get an arm machine under $500 as far as I know. Well, not so, without maybe renewed or, you know, without some, a screen. Yeah. <laughs> no screen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, Which and you're right. Anyway. And you're absolutely right. You know, it's not perfect, but I don't know, maybe I'm forgiving it for things because I'm kind of expecting there to be a few flaws, but I have to say it's Matt, beta. so far. Yeah, but but also so far there hasn't been that many flaws. It's still is, well, is we want to hear the. I'd love to still hear the issues you do find because we need to sharpen the edges, right? Yeah. I mean, it needs to be perfect. So, it we don't want to hear about it crashing. We don't want to, you know. Obviously, it's a little different on a Mac because you are running in parallels and things like that. And Windows may also be different um, running on a Mac in parallels than it is on a on a certified Windows machine, but. I would I would say that, um, you know, the feedback we're getting from everybody is that it's working well. And how much of a, a a coding from a coding point of view, how much of a mammoth job was that? I mean, was was this did this require a total rewrite of the kernel of, of Jules itself, or were you able just to sort of recompile it? And oh, there we go, it's kind of working. I'm guessing not. Well, yeah, I would not call it simple. Um, I would not. You know, it 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 took a while to do, and it's mainly because of older components that needed to be updated. Updated, and that's not a bad thing for us. And so, there's a lot of those components had to be changed out, and some components had to be removed for ARM that you know may not be supported. And those will be very minor things that that users may have used in the past, and maybe they didn't carry over. Um, and it, 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 because it used some type of component that wasn't going to be supported on arm. And if we, you know, hear what those are, it's, it's, you know, we'll investigate if there's options to put some of that back in through another method. Um, but so far nobody's complained about missing features. Um, so I don't expect it to be that it's, it's really just saying, Hey, you need this version of this Microsoft library and you need to update that. And, and those are all positive things because across the, the platform, we probably need to do some of those things. Absolutely. So it, it begs the question then, I mean, you know, if it was a, a bit of a, bit of a workload, why do it? Why, why are you concentrating on ARM? Cause you yourself said, you know, that the, the user base for jewels for ARM isn't going to be massive, well, at least currently. Um, are, are we looking at jewels on uh, the retail side, business side? I'm seeing a lot of touchscreen kiosks in, you know, burger joints and restaurants now. Is that what you you're concentrating with jewels for ARM? Well, I don't. It's, so far, I would not expect to see ARM devices in those touchscreen kiosks. Um, you know, a lot of the things that people love about ARM is is battery life and speed and some other things like that that aren't necessary for those big touchscreens because they're plugged in all day long, right? And so yeah. they're not getting the benefits, some of the benefits of ARM. The um we do we we are focused in that area as well though and you if you went to a McDonald's today in 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 the United States and and soon to be in Canada and in other places around the world um when when you walk into one and you find a headphone jack on the front of the McDonald's kiosk, you'll be able to plug in headphones and use it. Um, just like anybody else, it starts it up just like it would on an ATM. You unplug your headphones, it stops JAWS. 
Um, but that did not require the arm support. Um, today, I've not seen any of the kiosks re, uh, using arm. It doesn't mean that it won't down the road. You know, look, if we if we waited until the shift happened, where all of a sudden all the computers are arm, would be too late. And so, you know, we needed to get it done. And, you know, then when you started looking at, you know, the Macs in the world that are ARM devices and you start to see the um, lightweight devices, you know, probably more, you know, you're seeing those probably more in business than you do at home. Um, you know, you need to be able to support that because you just don't know when it's going to take over. Yeah, you can't wait really, to the end. Really interesting to see you uh, developing into ARM at, at this stage. But you're right. You know, you kind of have to make the leap at some point because this is something which is not going to be an overnight shift. It's going to take time to develop in. Uh, Matt, let's talk about some of the other products, of course, because JAWS is, is one of the big products we talk about here on Double Tap a lot. But, of course, our low vision friends and, and family <laughs> will be wanting to know about Zoom text updates. So what's going on there? Well, one of the major things that that we're releasing here um, with the 2023 release for Zoom text and Fusion, and keep in mind Fusion gets all the, the JAWS features as well, is something called tethered view. And one of the problems being low vision and somebody who uses this product myself, and I know others who do as well, um, is that when when you're typing in an area, and let's use the start menu as an example, as a beginning stage for this. And we've added a tethered view to two things to start with. One is a start menu and the other one's an Excel for formulas. So when I'm typing in the start menu, my only focus is where I'm typing. I don't get to see the things that it found at the top of the window, including the first item, which say, if you typed Outlook, you type O, then you type U, and it's probably going to find Outlook at this point. If you typed O, it may have found something else like Office, or I'm pretending I don't know what it would have found. But um, And so by having it tethered, you're seeing the edit box where you're typing and right above it, the first item that it found rather than the bottom item that it found because it's not even highlighted and not on the screen. And so for somebody who's low vision, it's kind of critical because you don't want to take your mouse and move back up and see what it found. Um, the same goes with Excel. You could be moving to a cell and that cell, and, and if I was running JAWS, it would say has formula. And if you pressed F2, you can hear the formula. Well, with this tethered view, there's a little plus button. I think it's a plus button. Here's a low vision person says, hey, I don't know what that is, but it's a, <laughs> it's a button in the corner right above the cell and you click it and boom, the formula is in view with the contents of the cell. And so these are like the first two critical ones we've added and you're going to see others coming along the way and they'll come throughout the product. They're not going to happen you know you're not going to see that in the first release you won't see additional items you're going to see some in the december release you'll see some in the in other releases and this feature is going to be unbelievable for low vision people because there's nothing worse than sitting there and you're like oh what's the formula and then you take and if you don't know f2 opens up the formula cell of the cell so you can see the formula you're now taking your mouse to scroll to the top of the window to put focus on the formula and so um this allows you to toggle it on and off if you don't want to see it all the time, or you know, it, it it allows you to bring it right into the view, which I think is really nice. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and it's great to see the development of this continuing as well. And some of these great features, because this product, and like all the Vespero products, they they roll on, and new updates, as you say, come on through the course of the year. So you know, it's not like before where you got the one update and that was it for the year you're constantly updating this and you're constantly working on this and i guess that's partly because of the ever-changing environment that is windows yeah and, and i always love to remind people about the differences between box software and now delivered software and when we think back of the time when you used to go to the store to even buy windows or office I remember those and days so get, well. And you'd get the box or even Jaws. You would get a box in the mail that's right. with the tapes or the CDs or whatever it came with at the time. And and that's what you got. And then the, you know, the releases would be shipped out in a CD once a year. Um, and then you could download the updates. But if we um, delivered that way today, we wouldn't be able to fix the things in um, the browser changes, the... Um, productivity suite changes and you know the productivity suites on on 
on Google or uh, Microsoft Office. And in both cases, you know, they're delivered in, you know, every, you know, four to six weeks or just when you turn on your computer one day. And so we have to continually update. So when you only hear about these three or four or five things that um, have been coming in 2023, it doesn't mean there's a lot of, it isn't that, that there isn't a lot of other changes still happening because, you know, we're still having to make changes for 20, uh, Windows 11 that changes, uh, Windows 10, um, and so on. And as Sean knows only too well, I've been raving about using Google Docs again. Um, and, and part of that... <laughs> look, I raving. Like, I love it. I do. And I'll tell you why. Because I found mm. a fantastic webinar on the Freedom Scientific website, which I strongly encourage people to, to go and search. I'm sure you have a nice, friendly um, web domain for that. But, you know, I, I just Googled it, really. And I found the webinar for Google Docs going through the whole G Suite. I think it was a couple of years old, but it still, it got me through it, right? It got me through the whole thing. And and those webinars happen and they are continuing to happen, right? Yeah, so there, there, um, there may be more than one a month, but, you know, you're going to find so much content being shared out there um, through webinars, through other online platforms that we've done it. And then we release those as podcasts. We release them as um, downloadable webinars that are free. And so you can ask your smart device to play the latest freedom scientific training podcast and it would play that um, item and you could download it on your devices and so on um, those uh, are segmented from different you know um, webinars that have been conducted so if you'd like to rather carry it around rather than be at your computer you can do that but there's so much content out there and if you went to freedomscientific.com training you'll find that content and that content has been critical for years. And, and the amount of content that's free that's provided out there to help people through their learning journey is huge. And we, you know, we continually have to update it because, you know, recently, for example, I had written a tip on how to use um, an item in Microsoft Office. And the intent was that, you know, there's this quick access bar right above home, insert, view, whatever the buttons are in the, in the ribbon of, of Microsoft Office. And I love the feature, but used to, when you wanted to fix it or, or make changes so you can hit the alt key and then arrow up. Well, Microsoft put it below now. So it's now up or you hit alt and then you have to arrow down twice. Now you can put it back to the top, but their default is to put it at the bottom of the ribbon now. And so, and whether they did that to put it more in the you know face of the user, uh, who are sighted user, I don't know, but, you know, now we had to go back and write, you know, fix the content because, you know, every user is going to follow that tip and go to the wrong spot. And so uh, you'll find those tips, um, you know, in many different places, they're shared on different blogs and stuff like that. And those tips were meant to make it quick and easy to learn something new and share a feature of these products. Yeah. I've got to say, after installing JAWS, I found the, you know, the amount of resources in that help menu is amazing. And for the longest time, Stephen, how long have we been saying, you know, it's great to have this software, but where are the resources? Well, it seems like everyone has been listening because the resources, particularly in JAWS, I mean, there's so many different ways as well. If you don't want to go through the, you know, the, the user guide or whatever. There's so many different options you can learn, resources, podcasts, webinars, or text documents or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, I've got to say, that was really good. I was I'm really not reading. Impressed. I'm not reading the manual. I'm not interested in the manual. I'll tell you well, why. I, mean, I, I couldn't get through an episode of The Sopranos last night without falling asleep. So, you oh, know, there's yeah. no chance of me getting through a manual. And, and trust me, The Sopranos is good. I'm not saying it's better than the JAWS user <sighs> manual. But it is, uh, and it I, still got fell. I still fell asleep. So you know, there's no. I chance. won't write. I I seriously will not read a manual either. By the way, so oh, well, there you go. It, See that. So so I'll say this: when I <laughs> when I got something at Christmas and I had to put it together, I called Ira. Um, yes. I put the camera on a on a stand. I had them pull up the manual and then tell me how to put it together. Okay, that's the, the way to work. And well so, done, sir. Well done. And when, uh, when we wrote impressive. This, yeah. When we wrote the tips, you know, some of these tips are only four or five, you know, bullet points, but they're quick. They're not like you, they're not paragraphs to read through. And the, the whole purpose was to make it quick and easy to learn a new feature. And, you know, 
a year ago when we added and and I'm going to give this this feature to you to try it out. Okay. And, you know, you may not know it because it's not like in a menu, but for the longest time, we used the letter N to move to next block of text that's 25 characters or longer. And the intent was that for web pages that didn't mark their web pages up correctly, you could hit the letter N and it would jump to like the biggest block of text that's uh, that's not a link. Great feature, but I didn't need it in an email. What I needed in an email to jump to the next message, and I didn't want to have to arrow past the 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 date, the to, the from, the subject. And, and if there's 10 people copied, that's a lot of down arrowing through all of that content. So the letter N moves forward through your email chain in Outlook. And shift in goes back through that email chain. So if you're inside of a message, you can skip through all of the content. And this would be similar to using your rotor in um, iOS and switching to, I think it, if you if you use the rotor and go back while you're in an email message, um, your rotor left, you'll hear something that says message. And then if you swipe down, it goes to the next email that's inside that message, assuming it was part of the original thread and not a forward. Ours does all of it because it's looking at the header. So it doesn't matter if it was a forward or 10 replies that you weren't part of. It just looks for the header and moves to that section. The header of the email, not an actual HTML header. And that feature, if you read a manual, it, God knows where you're going to find that in a manual, but wouldn't it just be nice for us to just give you that quick tip? And that's what they're focused on. That is an amazing tip. I love that. That is going to be so, so useful. Uh, Matt, it's been great having you on Double Tap with us here. Uh, come and geek out again soon and let's share more of those tips here on Double Tap. Love it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. And that's it for today. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at ami.ca is our email address. You can call us and leave a voicemail on one 803 4567 Back tomorrow. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.